1: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
2: Hello, hello. You know Edith Piaf's "Je ne regrette rien." Mm. That, that's never been a, uh, a personal anthem for me. I, I have lots of regrets. Mm, me too. Je regret beaucoup. Mm. Is that right?
1: No idea.
2: Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't let the regrets uh, seep into my present. I don't sit here feeling bitter about them. I just I, I just don't like this way of thinking that I have no regrets. There are lots of Little, little details I could have made in my life or, or better decisions where I could have saved myself or other people pain. Hmm. But I guess the thinking is, well, you end up where you are. You end, you end up where you are. However, I have a regret that is currently so strong it's eating away at me. Oh, really? It's from about five minutes ago. <laughs> okay. And we were in my kitchen... <laughs> And you and my wife You you started singing a song And you couldn't figure out what it was And she was singing along And she didn't know what it was either Mm. So you were about to sing into Shazam (laughs) on your phone And get it to identify the song and and I told you that Shazam doesn't work like that. It just <laughs> hears a digital footprint of a, a song, so you can't just sing to it. I didn't. It know needs that. to be the record in its database. I've
1: never tried before, but I suddenly thought, oh, I'll just answer Shazam myself. That and, makes and this sense.
2: Is, this is my regret. This is my Ooh. great regret in life <laughs> that I think will eat away at me until my death is that I told you that and I didn't just sit and watch you singing into your phone. It would have been so wonderful.
1: Oh dear, so glad you told yeah. me. Yeah.
2: Um, I went out for a meal with a friend last week, Mm -hmm. and he chose for us to meet uh, a a bit of uh, past its best Italian restaurant that once would have been very glamorous. You would have seen maybe Joan Collins having dinner with Nigel Havers in there. Okay, maybe she'd have a little poodle with her. Little. Yeah, this sort of place. Okay, okay. But but now it's uh, it's it's somewhat faded glamour, rough around the edges. Right. So I I got there before my friend, and I was just tired. So I thought I'm gonna order myself a coffee. Mm-hmm. The waiter comes over. He asked me what I'd like. I won't do his accent, but it it was an Italian accent that sounded a bit like somebody doing an Italian accent rather than a genuine one. Right. You know and it's just a bit too over the top, like um, if you were casting, central casting an Italian restaurateur, why you not come in my restaurant to no more? Mamma mia! Okay. You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he started berating me for ordering a coffee. He's saying, you order coffee at this time of night? Really? It was 7 o'clock by the way. Yeah. I said, yeah, I just need perking up. He says, uh, but now you drink coffee before the meal. So I felt he was shaming me for both Drinking it at the wrong point in the proceedings and mm. having it in an evening. Wow. think The latter, I don't understand, because it was a regular thing when I was younger that people would drink coffee at the end of an evening meal. Mm, mm. And now everyone I know, you included, is like, oh, I can't have coffee after 10 o'clock in the morning or I won't sleep that night. Mm. What changed?
1: What changed? Yeah. Well, uh, I can't ask them for everyone else. I don't know. Maybe people just more aware of like what was going on.
2: But people... People were drinking coffee all the time and they weren't, I don't know, lying there jittery in the bed all night. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were. I don't know about it. Anyway, I'm very suspicious of caffeine It, it wasn't a
1: cappuccino you were having, was it? Like, like if you were having a very milky coffee before your was meal. That, was having a black coffee.
2: Oh, see, that's fine. When I was drinking, I used to love an Irish coffee. Oh, Felt so sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you kind of berated me, hmm. berated me for that. Fair enough. Or not. Hmm. and then um then when my friend eventually arrived we go to order and they've got on the menu do you know spaghetti alle olio yes it's one of my favorites it's um chopped parsley and chili and spaghetti just done very simple in olive oil there's not much more to it than that i don't think And garlic
1: I think. Yeah, yeah yeah it's very simple yeah, yeah.
2: but it, they've got it with clams in it
1: Oh, and that wasn't on the menu? or no, that, that was on the menu. Oh, it okay. had clams
2: in it, which no, I've right. never seen. It wasn't called spaghetti alio olio Evangoli. Oh, very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I say to him, and he's already taken against me because of the whole Ooh, coffee thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would it be possible to get the spaghetti alio olio with, without the clams? And then he goes into the big pantomime. Italian restaurant, like, without the, f- the clams, what is the point? It's not the dish. This isn't the... Oh, no. And I'm thinking to myself, I think it is the dish.
1: <laughs> You've added clams to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think it's more authentically Italian. <laughs> yeah. Without the clams mm-hmm. than with. But because he's got this big daft accent, I don't, I don't challenge him. Oh, no. But I did look it up on Wikipedia and I am right. No mention of the clams. No but he 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 made me feel like I'd gone into an indian restaurant and said oh can i have it mild please right. and can i have chips instead of rice yeah yeah, yeah yeah when when i was asking for the more authentic version <laughs> oh. anyway so uh, so this friend of mine is um works in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and this restaurant as i say i think once upon a time it was a real entertainment industry uh hubbub you know hot spot and now less so But between our starters and our mains, who comes over to our table to say hello to my friend? But one of the biggest stars of what they call shiny floor television, so big Saturday night entertainment television of our youth.
1: Oh, of our youth, okay, oh,
2: not somebody we've seen on t v for a long time I mean I'm sure oh. they've they've cropped up in I'm not going to tell you who it is because mm. of the way the story unfolds mm, mm. Um, but not somebody I don't think we've seen on anything other than maybe the odd reality show for the last couple of decades, but huge, huge name
1: that Saturday night kind of type thing, or yeah, 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 okay. yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: okay, okay I mean an all rounder is I don't want to give too much away, but an all rounder.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Songs, dance, impersonations, okay. some jokes.
1: Okay. Okay. I've got a the, the vague whole inkling. the whole thing. Okay. Right?
2: So he comes over and says hello to my friend, and then my friend introduces me, and he says, and it's quite disarming. He goes, oh, "I bet you think I'm a washed up old has been, don't you?" Oh. And I instantly feel feel sad, um, because this this guy. I mean, I've not thought about him for years, and yeah, maybe not one of my favourites. But that that he's walking round thinking everybody is looking at him like a, a, an old has-been yeah. felt sad to me. So like, no, of course not. And then he made a little joke. Said, "I mean, to be honest, it's uh, it's it's rare. and rare for my generation in that I'm not behind bars, oh, right? <laughs> so we all have a good laugh about the fact that there were so many sex offenders that uh, went went yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. unreported in those days." Mm-mm. Um, and then he just launches into... He starts saying, you know, people uh, people can't tell me I'm not funny, you know. And I go, no, of course not. He says, uh, it's just a matter of taste, isn't it? I go, it is a matter of taste. I agree. He says, uh, a woman on a, a plane recently... As I was walking past to go to the toilet she she grabbed hold of me and said excuse me I just want to let you, uh, I just want to uh, let you know that I don't find you very funny. <gasps> no. And then he says so I said to her well I don't find you very attractive oh, but I'm not I'm not
1: <laughs> lost me there sorry. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so I'm
2: not I'm not going around uh, saying that to you am I? And he goes to me it's the same thing isn't it?
1: Mm, and great. i don't think it is no, the same not, thing i think it's quite a different thing no he was in the public eye yeah for I, I think yeah. she's
2: in the wrong for yes. for saying yeah, that yeah yeah but i think the uh it's it's taking a machine gun to a knife fight and, <laughs> yeah. and it's about what somebody is rather than what somebody does yeah yeah so i think all these things but when he says uh it's the same thing isn't it i don't say that of course not no. i say um Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, not exactly, but I get I get get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, this friend of mine, who's the glue between the two of us, has to take a phone call, leaves the table, and goes outside. Mm -hmm. So I'm stuck with this '80s light entertainment legend, right? And he continues on his theme, and he says, uh, "Yeah, people say." the stuff i do it's out of fashion it's not politically correct people say the stuff i i, I do is is racist but i'm not racist oh, no and i think at this point if i've been my best self what i might say is sure i'm i'm sure you're not i'm sure i mean i guess we all carry a certain amount of white privilege and we benefit from systemic racism so we've all all got to be uh i guess alert to that and constantly Thinking, think about the ways we might benefit in those things and the biases we might carry unknowingly. Mm. But I don't. I just go, oh, yeah, I'm not sure you're not <laughs> racist. Because at this point, mm. I can't remember enough about what he was getting up to on telly in the right, 80s. Yeah. I can't, I don't, I've got no reason to disagree with him that he's racist. Right, okay. That doesn't last. Oh, no. Because he then goes on to describe something he did in his act. Involve, uh, involving audience participation from somebody in his audience who wasn't white. And oh, the no. the story he told was so overtly racist oh, no. that I can't even begin to describe it because it's so uncomfortable. Okay. Just the act of me describing it is, is too much. Mm-mm. And then he tells me, that after the show another audience member came up to him and started berating him and telling him this bit was racist and then he drops the bombshell and and this guy he was white oh, right God. Uh, and so so he calls over the non-white audience member who'd been involved in the thing um. and the non-white audience member is fine with it, he enjoyed himself uh, I know that he enjoyed himself because the 80s legend does an impersonation of this guy's accent saying oh, the thing Okay. which I don't know if he, it was the correct accent I get the impression it was just an off the shelf accent that he has at his disposal okay. for this particular ethnicity Okay. So, so, so then having told me, and he's not pausing for breath why it's uh, why his act isn't racist and uh, wh- why this racist stuff he did was okay. He then immediately segues into telling me why it's okay for him to do an Indian accent. Right. Why it's okay for him to do his words, not mine, a deaf voice.
1: Oh, no. Right. And
2: why it's okay for him to do impersonations of quote unquote gay guys. Oh, my God. Because his words, are not mine. They're just funny voices, aren't they? They're funny, these people's voices. They're just funny voices. He then ends by saying, I mean, that's not racist, is it? Why did he have to end on something that needed needed yeah, a response, yeah, a yeah. question? Because I'm in this awkward position in that I don't want to fuss. I don't yeah. want to endorse what he's saying. And and it is sad seeing this figure from our childhood in reduced circumstances, so obviously aware that their the best days are behind them and looking for validation. Even if I said the perfect thing, he wasn't then going to evaluate his act <laughs> there and then no, and no. have this sort of road to Damascus moment.
1: At this point, I just want the encounter to end.
2: Here's what I said. Okay, go on. I said... Oh, God, I mean, it's not for white people to decide what minorities should or shouldn't find offensive. I mean, you can be an ally, but surely it's up to the minority to decide what is offensive and what isn't. Okay. Because I feel like I made a good point. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: On the side of right thinking. And you're
1: sort of agreeing with him on one small issue. Yeah, on this one <laughs> audience
2: member who yeah, gave him a hard time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I hope nobody ever heard any of this. Was anyone listening? <laughs>
2: But well, this was the thing. I just was like, "Oh, please, will my friend come back from the toilet?" Usually,
1: I'd be so excited to speak to someone like that, but I'd just be wanting it to end. It'd oh, it faded awful. very quickly. Did it, it faded right. very, yeah,
2: very quickly. Um, yeah, and then I couldn't sleep that night. Not really because of the <laughs> coffee, just because <laughs> I felt so bad about not calling out the racism and <laughs> uh, just opting for the the path of, path of least resistance. Mm. So that was uh, my my big story of failing to do the correct thing in a uh, an uncomfortable social situation this week. Shall we hear from the drifters?
1: I've got some submissions for our fictional drifters list. Oh yes, first one's from Annie, who says a couple of years ago I read the original novel of Bambi. I had no idea it was a novel. Did you? No, no idea. I mean... I'm quite shocked by the fact that it was a novel. I feel like those like books featuring animals as main character are very infashionable at the point. So they've got Bambi, Watership Down, Animal
2: Farm. Yes. And they're just not
1: in fashion anymore, are they? I no. can't think of a modern day one. If you can, let me know. But
2: um, I don't know that i would necessarily put Watership Down... Uh, that's rabbits though, isn't in it? In the same category as Animal Farm.
1: No, true. But I'm just thinking of animals in yeah. terms of animals. Charlotte's Web? yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe maybe there are modern day ones, I just don't know them. I had no idea Bambi was a novel. No. Anyway, she goes on. And
2: we're sure it wasn't a novelisation of the film. No,
1: no, she says it's quite... That's
2: always strange when films weren't novels to begin with and then they turn them into... Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She says the novel is quite weird and even more traumatic than the film. And she writes, it featured an amazing scene in which the adult Bambi meets his dad and the reader gets to hear the inner monologue of both stags. They are full of admiration for each other and desperate to have a conversation, but they both feel inferior and can't find the courage to speak first. The old stag is afraid of saying something stupid and embarrassing embarrassing himself, while Bambi assumes he's blanking him out of arrogance. It's unbearably (laughs) awkward and they end up just walking away without exchanging a word. It's the most drifterish thing I've ever read and it's So incredibly
2: relatable. That's so great. Yeah, so that can go on the list. Charlie Brown. Yeah. Charlie Brown is the ultimate drifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I remember, I think I've said this before, I remember reading a Peanuts cartoon when I was about seven or eight and seeing the phrase inferiority complex Hmm. and going down to my mum and saying... (laughs) Mum, I think I've got an inferiority oh. complex. And her saying, don't be silly, Howard Jeff." And <laughs> oh, I have, though. I thought sure. you were right. I was. Yeah. I identified it even yeah. at that young at age. Seven. Wow. Yeah.
1: And this is from Colin. He says, I haven't watched it for over a decade. But isn't E.T. a drifter? From what I remember, Ooh. he hides in the shed when he's at the family <laughs> house and spends the whole film wanting to go home. You might have a good point there.
2: Although he's more fond of uh, telephone conversations than a lot of drifters. Yeah, true, true,
1: true. Oh god, how do I say this name? I should have checked beforehand. Y-S-A-N-N-E isan?
2: Y-S-A.
1: N-N-E. Isan. 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 Sorry, Isan. It must be Isan, mustn't it? I guess so. Sorry. She writes, I have a short story from years back when I was 16 and just started a full-time job for a big high street bank. I'm now 51, but cringe with embarrassment still every time I think of it, which is most weeks. As the junior in the office, I got the drifter's worst nightmare job, answering the inquiries desk with no training. On this one occasion, the bell went off and I reluctantly went to answer it as usual. The customer said they come in for their meeting with the bank manager. Not knowing what I was supposed to do, I went to let the manager know and he told me to show him through. What I was supposed to do was show him through the banking hall and get him to wait outside the door and the chairs provided. What I actually did was bring him in through the back office where all the staff were working past the cashiers with their open tills full of thousands of pounds and, and sat him on a cashier stall looking through the glass screen to the queue of customers. <laughs> I didn't know why all the staff were looking horrified, but I committed a huge security risk as no one apart from staff were allowed to behind the scenes unbelievably no one mentioned it to me and it wasn't until a few days later that i realized my humiliating mistake when someone else answered the bell and showed the customer to the correct place to wait the shame (laughs) and this is from lizzie this happened to me this week i've been having some work done in my kitchen after weeks of living in chaos the kitchen is finished and no more builders were coming or so i thought context I work mornings and evenings, so I tend to nap in the afternoons. My mum was at my house watching Wimbledon and snoozing on the sofa. I was upstairs having 40 winks before my evening job began. Out of nowhere, I hear the unmistakable sound of the builders walking towards my home. I know it's them because they're swearing literally every other word, a habit I've noted of theirs when they think no one is around. I'm still upstairs, but aware that they are now in my home. I hear drilling. This doesn't worry me as the building work is my partner's project, not mine. Perhaps the building work is not over. Bye bye nap, not the end of the world. What does worry me is that they think they are alone. I come downstairs and appear in their line of vision, but they still haven't noticed I'm there. They have their heads down, working and swearing. I look at the sofa and see my mum for some reason hiding on the sofa. I mouth, What's going on? And she just puts her finger to her lips and shakes her head. A usually confident lady appears this situation is too driftery even for her. The builders continue to work and to swear profusely. And then one of them does the longest fart, one that can only be undertaken when one is completely relaxed. My mum and I (laughs) amazingly manage not to laugh, inspired by the thought of how mortifying it would be for the builders to be caught out this way. I think quick, head out of a side door, pretend to come back in again and start talking loudly to my mum. I'm not far (laughs) from the builders, but they are talking and swearing so loudly that they can't hear me. Eventually, one of them looks up mid-swear, sees me and says in a low voice, Whoa, excuse my French. My mum, without my knowledge, has managed to resurface from the sofa without making it obvious she was lying there since the builders got there. Thank God. I internally declare my mum as my personal hero. I'm also delighted that the builders think their only faux pas is swearing in front of clients. They don't realise we (laughs) heard the far. Clinging on to this joy of wanting to reassure the builders we don't mind their language, my mum and I start having a jovial, sweary chat with the sweary fans (laughs) and find out what work they're up to today. One of them says, we're just cutting up this piece of wood without trying to cut any more of my fingernails off. This unexpected statement, coupled with the fact we've all been swearing out of nowhere, adding the nervous energy from my mum and I is too much. She and I burst into hysterical laughter and can give no explanation to this friendly yet bemused builders. The job is suddenly over and the builders leave within two minutes.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I especially love the joining in with the swearing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to make them feel better. Yeah, yeah. We Someone, do yeah, this yeah, too. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, please send us your story. It's hello at adriftpodcast dot com. Yes. Another way, do you think, in which you are not a fully functioning adult? I'm going to give you two ways. Two ways.
1: The first thing, something that bothers me a lot, when you ring on the doorbell or knock on the door of someone that you know is in, if it's unanswered, how long do you wait before you try again? Because what if they've heard in and just taken their time opening the door and you look really impatient or even a bit aggro? I've waited so long before doing the second ring for fear. The other person's thinking, what's their problem? I'm coming. Like maybe up to five minutes. I've done it at your house before. I mean, several times. Oh,
2: yeah. You just you just stay outside. I
1: just I ring once and then I just feel awkward. And I think, I don't know what to do. do ring it's one like one? a
2: vampire, you know, they, they won't come across your threshold. <laughs> so they just sort of hover there outside your house. That's yeah, what it's like with
1: I, you. I, I do, but how, what, can you give me any kind of answer to this? As well, I'll with tell a, you
2: something. You don't get a job... Um, for working for deliveroo oh, because those yeah. people they're ringing me on the phone mm. whilst I can still hear the doorbell reverberating Oh
1: really yeah. they're the opp- the literal yes, opposite of yes. me I've also got an issue with doorbells in general because I never think they work. I've never lived in a house with a doorbell. It's still to me something quite modern and even a bit exotic, like one of those taps that dispenses boiling water or a remote control garage door or even like a car sunroof. Actually, I've got one of those, but, but never a doorbell. Like, Should you always be, be able to hear the sound outside? Because I feel they don't often make a sound outside.
2: I know, it's it's really, it really bothers me that.
1: So you don't know, like sometimes they do, sometimes they don't maybe. Yeah. Because I feel like I can't ever hear it. And then how long do I have to wait before trying again, but pressing harder, which is what I do. <laughs> no, I know. Or just knocking. Because if you've done a ring the first time, is it okay then to move on to a knock? Because, like, are they going to think, who is at this door? Ned Ludd himself. Or that tinfoil dad but a cool soul. Like, I, t- I think... Is it okay to move on to the next one? It
2: just just seems very aggressive.
1: It does seem aggressive. Yeah, after
2: after a a doorbell ring, a knock, especially if there's no knocker and you're having to clatter the letterbox.
1: What about if you start kicking it? (laughs) That really is last resort. But I just so often think the doorbell doesn't work, so I think, shall I I try a knock I'll tell you
2: what, I I always try, if I have to follow a doorbell ring with Mm. a knock, I try and make the knock a really sort of friendly, jolly one. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah that's a good idea okay and then also like what if they are actually out when do you give up like two knocks or more because let's be honest say you're going to pick up a parcel from a neighbor or something they're probably not out they're probably hiding or in the bath (laughs) so at what point do you give up as you're starting to sound a bit weirdly persistent three knocks Four knocks. You can't go to five, surely. Absolutely
2: not. No. I
1: say maybe two. I don't know. Yeah, you can't. Go, I, I think don't
2: two? even go thrice. I go thrice. Okay. No.
1: Right. Well, at least that's sorted. Okay. Another thing. It's mm. both a big thing and a very small thing.
2: <laughs> a big thing and a small. Yeah.
1: I've got five direct neighbors one directly above,
2: mm.
1: one diagonally above either side, mm. and two next door either side. Would you be paranoid if you're in my situation if three out of the five moved out in the space of a month? Two of them in the same week? Yeah, I
2: imagine uh, so.
1: Because I've spent most of my life complaining about neighbours, about the constant drunken arguments with their Alexa, they're blowing an <laughs> air horn at weird times of day and night, the kids roller skating on wooden floors at 6 a.m. But what if we're the awful ones? <laughs> this, is a, this is just terrible because also now I've got to deal with meeting three new sets of neighbours.
2: That's a lot of variables to be dealing with, isn't it's it? It's horrendous.
1: One of the new ones, diagonally above on the left, they're a youngish couple with a baby. So far, I've smiled and said hello a few times, but Tom recently said to me, shall we invite them round for drinks? I said, obviously, no, that would be weird. And Tom said, why? And I said, well, for a start, we've only got three wine glasses, <laughs> and he just shrugged, like, whatever. I'll serve whiskey and mugs. It's so strange. I, it's not been mentioned again. The new neighbours. Direct- you don't think
2: he's trying to get some kind of like, wife swapping <laughs> situation going? Thought, maybe he's not suggested putting hot water in the paddling pool, has he?
1: Is that what they do? Well,
2: if in lieu of a hot tub? Oh.
1: <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> The new neighbours directly to our right, we share a wall with them. And I love them because they're completely silent. It's like they're just meditating every night. But they've been there a week now. And I think they're a slightly older couple because the old neighbours said they were. But Because I don't know, because I've managed to avoid all interaction, even though we've both been in the front and back gardens at the same time, which makes me think that they're the same as me. Oh. They're avoiding me too. Yeah, we're kindred spirits. Right. So they're going to be thrilled when Tom invites them round for (laughs) mugs of wine. Now he's been back after being away for a week. Pray for me. Wow. Nice.
2: Yeah.
0: What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah.
2: just texted sarah to come upstairs because mm. there's a, a story that i thought would be uh, good for the podcast something that happened to her while she makes her way um here's an awkward thing that happened to me our cleaner was here the other day mm. and i've as you know i've never got any good small talk mm. but she was listening to abba on her phone oh okay so i said oh you have to go see the abba show and remarkably she hadn't heard of it so i then got to describe it um so you won't believe your eyes it's like they're there in front of you but young it's just the best night it's brilliant and she's going oh is it just on this week I said no it's on f- for a year probably more mm. and she was so excited she said I'm I'm going I'm going to book tickets I then go off into some other room mm. and come back in mm. and when I come back in she's crestfallen and she looks up looks up at me and says But Jeff, these tickets are so expensive. She then says the price, Mm. and it's pretty much the same price as I paid for ours. But I feel so bad about it. Mm. I just start lying. Okay, how much are they? Oh, Oh, that's so weird. I can't believe that. I mean, ours were nothing like that. I
1: think I'd have done the same. But why? Why yeah. though? Oh, I got my free. I want them in the competition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so, that, right, Sarah's here now. Oh.
0: I just
2: remembered come, come, come. No one can hear you if you're not on the microphone. Where am I supposed to sit? Come and come sit with me. Sit on my knee. Ew. <laughs> oh. I'm
0: like bigger than you are. Is there not just like just, just come lean
2: against her. It's fine. Oh. Don't sit on my knee if you don't want to. Lean against the oh, thing. Okay, yeah, that's better. You yeah. could offer so your seat. Today, I. Um... <laughs>
0: He would never record him.
2: Keffy, Don't stop the recording with you, but...
0: <laughs> Today, I went and bought new shoes. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, um very helpful and I wanted to try on many different you know he had been lovely and then he was like have you bought um, there were a pair of Doc Martens mm-hmm. He's like have you bought Doc Martens before and I said well I have but it's probably been about 25 years and he went so and like sort of goes into this spiel about the leather and leather care he's like so I I highly recommend that you buy this thing and I'm already thinking I'm not going to buy it yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: so then I say oh do you know what actually I'm here on the recommendation of my husband who does have some Doc Martens so do you mind if I quickly just text him to see if we already own that product uh-huh. And then I texted myself, and I texted <laughs> the words "beeswax leather balm." So then it just came back to me, "beeswax leather balm," and I went, "Oh yeah, thank God he got <laughs> some." And the guy. Kn- knew i was lying i love
2: that you didn't just text blah 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 or an was, emoji was he or... gonna
0: check your phone were you nervous so he's gonna weird. check you and i was like it's beeswax other yeah we've got it but thank that's thank you so much and that's good good to know that this is where i come back to restock if this isn't to.
2: even the story i'd invited her oh, to tell us okay, okay. a little little bonus because your story's more of a quandary isn't it and we can talk through it, what is it? it's <laughs> the one about the music
0: can I say that I tried to tweet about this and it got zero traction?
2: Oh, really? But
0: I always think I'm better
2: talking. Maybe I'm about to disprove. That. Okay.
0: Okay. So, Annabelle. Yes. So basically, I am in the midst of all these previews, right? So I'm not like showing up to do 20 minutes with other comedians. I'm like showing up to do this hour. And you go but to all previously
1: these, like, read, you've read a show. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: And so I am going to all these little different parts of the country and I, you show up and maybe it's a kind of a pub or maybe it's more of like a theater and, uh, you know, five nights a week now, I have the following exchange with whoever's sort of running the tech and they'll be like, do you have, you know, in terms of just music that's playing beforehand or that we bring you on to, do you have any specific, anything specific that you like? And I always go, no, I don't like nothing, you know, just something sort of upbeat, anything pop. And they go, oh, okay, great. And maybe they say, are you happy with it? Fine. That's mm-hmm. the exchange. Mm-hmm. So I show up to this venue. The guy who's running the tech comes in and he says, hi, I'm so-and-so. I say, hi, I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you. And he said, "Um, so in terms of just sort of the pre-show music, do you have anything in particular that you'd like? I said, no. You know, just as long as it's something upbeat. Um, and he goes, okay. Um, Are you cool with Black Sabbath? <laughs> right. And I was like... Oh, um, (laughs) now I have no issue with Black Sabbath, but you want, you want a little something in the music Mm. to subconsciously communicate a vague semblance of what's about to walk on the stage. Mm, And mm, so mm. for that reason, I'm thinking, do you know what? No, we need something. And and I go, do you know what? That might be a hair too specific to me. Could we go something a little bit more poppy? And he went, okay, sure. And I feel the need to say he did not seem angry. It wasn't like, it wasn't like... Okay, then what he do was just like, oh yeah, 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 fair enough. So what would you, what would you like? Mm. And I went, um, oh, I need something pop. And he went, oh, I'm not that good on my pop. Like any, is there any artist in particular? And you're, and I'm like, um, Beyonce. Let's say Beyonce. And he went, I'm, I don't know who that is. No. Yes. No. Yes. And so I went. He must do. I went Beyonce. And he <laughs> went. I, I'm sorry. And so we get into this sort of standoff where I'm like. Beyonce, <laughs> and I think I say it a little weird, so you that do, I'm like do, trying. I'm like yeah, Beyonce, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then, and then he's like, uh, uh, "Yeah, I'm sorry." And I went, "Okay, have have you heard of Jay Z?" And he went, "Yeah, sure." And I went, "So this is Jay Z's more famous wife of like twenty years." And he went, "Uh, sorry." So we sort of stood there, and so then I just wound up like. Spelling out Beyonce to him. Well like B E Y
2: O N C E. And he has a, a, a An cute accent. accent
0: aigu. Is I can't a remember. A, grave? a gra- I think this is aigu and this is grave, uh. but je ne sais pas. So anyway, it, it happens and he's sweet and pleasant and it's all fine. And I come home and I tell Jeff the story, and he's like, Oh, he's a hundred percent fucking with you. There's <laughs> no world in which that guy didn't know Beyonce. Uh. Oh, what, th- what do you think? What do you think? Well,
1: I think you would know. You would know. That's what I felt a little. I bit. would. I would trust what Wait. you felt in the situation. I think you. I think you can tell when someone's no, like. No, I,
2: I. I. He must listen. When I used to work in record shop and music shop and be around people who work with PAs and sound and stuff, here's here's exactly what happened. <laughs> this this guy who probably thinks he is a kind of man who's serious about his music. And men are serious about music and women aren't so serious about music in his mind.
0: He was very
2: okay, okay. Not saying okay, okay, keep going. Says to you, What music would you like? And you say, ah, Something upbeat, high energy. And in his head, a little thing goes, Oh, yeah, high energy. I suppose you mean pop by that. But uh, that's not what I think when I think of upbeat music. I'm going to tell you what I think is upbeat and high energy. Black Sabbath. Because you can't just come in here and assume that upbeat music is throwaway pop because to some of us, upbeat music is metal. Okay. Right? That, so that's what he thinks. So so he then says, what, a bit of Sabbath, knowing that's not what you mean. He knows that's not what you mean at this point, yeah, but he is not going to yeah, play your yeah, game yeah, yeah, yeah. By, uh, by getting down into what he considers to be trivial pop music with you, right? and then oh, then Lo. i asked and and for... then and then when and then when he says be more specific and you name an artist and you say beyonce it's the exact same thing oh so she thinks that everyone just knows who all these pop people are some people aren't into that kind of music i've heard that name but i'm i'm not i'm i'm not going to play her and little game is this game. all
1: happening consciously or subconsciously for him but it would have to be consciously because he wouldn't be able to
0: lie. No, people, don't you think people can lie to themselves? No, no, he knows, no. He, he knows.
2: It's, well, it's then, more about... Um...
0: Do you think he could be a good actor? Well, then, that then, takes some then, acting. Then, then if that is the case, and it does, you know, it sounds very plausible as you say it, isn't it shocking? Because in a way, I'm someone who's spoiling for a fight, in a way. Like, I want to be like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, with a certain kind of guy in a certain yeah. dynamic. So then isn't that interesting that I got none of that off him. Mm, yeah. Because then, wow, that guy can but doesn't, really But he doesn't want to
2: fight, though. He just wants to be sort of sarcastic and caustic.
1: No, but but, I, thought you'd, I think you'd pick up on that, surely. I, th- that's, that's what's so interesting. How old was he? Twenty? oh young young oh i was imagining a lot older oh, he oh kn- i was
2: he, he Oh, knows, knows who beyonce yeah. is yeah i mean i was thinking of some guy in maybe his 50s or 60s oh no,
1: no
0: this was like a young boy i bet he was loving and you spelling also out. <laughs> his name was orion and i was like oh that's so funny i i've known one orion my whole life it's like my brother's friend from two doors down and, and he
2: loves beyonce what <laughs> i should have said
0: so then we had this, like, nice connection about the name Orion. He's like, I've never known anyone who's even known. So it, it felt
2: very warm. So what was it, so I... what was the energy like when you came out to Black Sabbath? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Sarah, come back. Why don't you tell them about your Edinburgh show? Oh, I forgot that's why I was. I
1: tried to give you an in for that, and oh, you brushed it fr- aside. I fr- oh, I
2: forgot. <laughs> <gasps>
1: Oh, thanks.
0: When I did Edinburgh in 2018 specifically, I did like this bucket collection, which is the kind of thing where you're doing essentially like a free show or like a very cheap one. So then you're sort of there watching the audience leave, which was not the case in 2019. And a lot of people came up to me and said they were drifters. Nice. So do I even need to do this plug in a way? Because do the people who listen to this podcast have they already bought their tickets here's the point i'm doing edinburgh i could really do with moving some tickets we even did a star has fallen
2: we we even did a a special edition of our succession podcast just so that she could talk about her edinburgh show on it even even though there's no succession on air at the moment
0: (laughs) i thought we did a good job with it i'll say it okay so here's the story i've worked hard on it i can't promise that that means it's any good Mm-hmm. but Annabelle, I've worked really hard. Mm-hmm. I'll be on from the 3rd to the 29th
1: mm-hmm.
0: at the Pleasance
1: mm-hmm.
0: at 7.15 p.m. So it's kind of ideal for you, whoever you are, because mm. ha- go for a wine, come to a show, done by 8.15, have a bite, home by 10, watch some telly, civilized. I think that's a great time. It's called Hard Feelings. And, I, you know... I think there's something, you know, I've worked hard on it. That's all I can say. I can't I can't say anything else. I feel like you're really making me, like, run on my own gas here. I, I can't I, say anything because
1: I haven't seen it yet. I'm hopefully seeing it next week. But otherwise, I'd be saying how brilliant it was. But, yeah, I know, yeah, I know you're a hard worker. I know it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, people should
2: reward effort. <laughs> yeah,
0: just reward the effort that I've put into it. So maybe come, hey, maybe come to it. I feel like people who listen to this podcast might not be into my brand of filth
2: this this podcast is up, up up to 33 and a third percent about me and and i liked you enough to marry you
0: hmm. something there's something off about that uh, that rationale mm-hmm.
2: yeah, i know what you mean <laughs> like yeah, i don't even
0: just... think jeff made a little joke when we did the firecratch and normcore thing where he was like can we say that if you like succession you'll like hard feelings? And I was like, no, of co- ha ha, you know, oh, ha ha, of course not. Mm. But, and then interestingly, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, if you liked, if you like you, you'll like me.
2: Because we often have friends whose partner or spouse we don't like.
0: Yeah, and I think that you're I can really understand you appealing to someone, and me just being a waking nightmare. For Do you think
2: people, person. when you come on the podcast, they think, "Oh, why does he put her there ha- on?" There has to be. Like, yeah. What is he doing with her?
0: Yeah, there has to be a percentage of people who think yeah, that
2: way. Yeah. Which is well, fair. thank you for your concern.
0: Hmm. He's not abused or anything. <laughs> You're, I think Annabelle's tired. No, no, I think we're all she's tired. You never looked at me with such disdain. You're no, such a person. No. She's looking at you with disdain. I'm gonna go. Come to come to my Edinburgh show, please. I'm really worried about ticket sales.
2: That all went on a bit longer than I thought it would. That's
1: all right. It's always good to have Sarah on, isn't it? I don't know.
2: I, th- I I like her. In my
1: opinion, I like well, her. That, that's yeah. good. That's, that's at
2: least us two. Yeah. Um, so, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic Clinic hearing problematic.
1: Okay. First one is from Supreme Countess Sarah.
2: Can I just say that was I was more trying to do like, you know, 80s records had no, 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 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't doing any stammery thing then. I wouldn't want people to think that. I don't think anyone thought that. Don't worry
1: about that. I thought I would ask you about something that happened a few years ago that I still think about from time to time. I was getting an early flight and settled down in a cafe at the airport on a comfy sofa. It wasn't busy at that time and there were plenty of other tables free, although none with sofas. I had been sitting for a couple of minutes when a man approached the table and asked if he might share. As a drifter, I was in shock that anyone would contemplate asking for such a thing. And my instinct was to say, that's fine, you can have it. And before there could be any further discussion, I moved to a table that may have had a slightly less comfortable chair, but was infinitely more comfortable than the prospect of having to share with a total stranger. Of course, this is probably easy to answer now as COVID provides a good get out. But at the time, was there anything I could have said in order to keep the table for myself?
2: No, that's table hogging.
1: It's table hogging. Yeah. So he he was just allowed to have it.
2: <laughs> no, he wanted to share
1: it. I wanted to share it, but is it okay to say no?
2: No, of course it's not.
1: No. So what do you do? Do what she does and
2: leave. Or, or you share the table.
1: Oh, I see. There's no. There's nothing in between. No.
2: No. I've I've been on the other end of this because I would rather set a table where we're both uncomfortable than say sit at a high chair at the bar or lurk around standing but really what you've just described is my ideal situation Why i say oh do you mind if uh, do you mind if we share and then they say no of course not and then they get up and leave because they don't like to share then i get the table to myself
1: uh, well, I, th- in my opinion, because I've, I've
2: heard people. I've had it. Sorry, I'll come back to your no, opinion. No. But I've had people say to me, "I'm just uh, saving it for a friend," and then the friend has never turned uh... up, and I've seen them doing the whole pantomime of looking their phone and looking for the friend.
1: Oh, well, that's that's a suggestion.
2: Yeah, and I don't I don't approve of it.
1: I oh, don't. You? It's not
2: your table.
1: Okay, okay. What I think is you have to preempt this happening, and what I always do, don't go for like the bit that looks comfy that everyone's going to want go for the one that no one's going to want, and then yes. you can be on your own. Yes, Like, for example, if I get on an empty str- a train, I can see a table with the four chairs around it. That's the that's the nice place to sit. Will I sit in it? No, because then I'll have to share. You have to find a little seat, single seat on its own by the toilet, and then no one's going to sit next yep, to you. Yeah, yeah.
2: Where well, there's no window.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have to preempt these things. You have to think, will someone get on and want to sit in this place because it's the best place in the cafe, train, etc.? That's but, my but way it. But don't go
2: around behaving like... Uh, Public space is is just for you.
1: But is it okay to so obviously say, yes, you can sit there, then get up and sit somewhere else? Because I would feel more embarrassed about doing that. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. Just me there. Okay, right. Let's move on. This is another Sarah. She writes, like most drifters... I find it utterly exhausting to navigate all the social interactions of a working week and nothing gives me greater pleasure than having a free weekend where I can exist in solitude and avoid all human contact. I'm lucky enough to live in a house in a sleepy village in the countryside and enjoy pottering in the garden all day and listening to the wonderful birds and wildlife that share my garden. Nature really does fix my mind in a way nothing else can. A couple of years ago, some neighbours moved in a few doors down who take a different approach to their relaxation. Whenever the temperature hits 15 degrees or there is a mere glimmer of sunshine, they fire up the barbecue, switch on the hot tub and most annoyingly for me, the radio. It is a station tuned to Club Classics, which apparently means Shaggy It Wasn't Me or (laughs) Nelly and Kelly Dilemma and does not fit with my musical taste at all. The volume used to correlate to the amount of alcoholic drinks consumed. But over the years, the starting volume has crept up. So even at 10am, I can shazam it from my garden, several (laughs) houses down. Now, any day spent in the garden is accompanied by endless rumination, wondering whether the hot tub could malfunction and bring about their demise. Or the radio might spontaneously catch fire, causing very specific damage that would not affect adjoining properties. After several weekends in a row carrying a constant feeling of dread about stepping into my garden, I finally snapped and did something very undriftery. I decided to speak to them about it. So sorry to bother you, I said. I'm not sure if you're aware but we can hear your music in our garden several doors down so I'd be really grateful if you could turn it down. Oh, she said with an exaggerated, shocked expression on her face, Uh. as though she hadn't considered that her music could possibly be heard outside of her boundary, even though we were having to shout at each other to be heard over the music. She pulled her husband over and I again had to explain the issue. OK, they both said. OK. I couldn't believe the interaction had gone smoothly and they'd actually agreed to turn it down. I walked home, simultaneously jubilant that I managed to master an adult conversation, whilst also berating myself for suffering for the past two years when a simple chat would have fixed it. Looking forward to an afternoon of peace and birdsong, I entered my garden and discovered absolutely nothing had changed and the radio remained at the same volume for a further five hours before they went in for the night. Every weekend weekend has been the same since. If anything, I think the volume is even louder. So after a rather lengthy backstory, my quandary is, what should I do next? Is there any way I can fix this? Or do I have to hope that consuming several kilos of barbecue pork products each week is more detrimental to human health than stressing about every facet of daily life? And I might get a couple of years peace in 40 years time. (laughs) P.S. This really is my dream house in every other sense. So moving is not an option I would take lightly. Mm. Preempting us there can she do she's already done i know but like what more can you do these people are terrible let's firstly say they are terrible i hate them uh, yeah i do too
2: and i know you are acting with best intentions at the moment but you've kind of blown it because they now know that you're the uh, uh you're the agitator
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: so you could have waged some kind of anonymous war of terror on them Oh how, Uniting that other neighbours, <laughs> calling the um, noise abatement society or oh, the environmental health, yeah, but now yeah, they yeah. know it's you versus them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the last position you want to be mm, in. Mm, mm. Uh, you've you you took a swing, you missed, you missed, <laughs> and now you have to live live with that.
1: Oh, I honestly honestly don't know what she can do.
2: Earplugs?
1: No, because she loves hearing the birdsong and the nature. That's what she loves.
2: Listen, no, I've, I've got an app on my phone that <laughs> has birdsong on it.
1: Oh, yeah! Could she play
2: at birdsong loudly
1: into it? Would that be this? I mean, to no, be honest, no. Because I've told you about
2: before now that I have. Um, uh, when when the kid next door's been playing music very loud, I've I've played music that a teenager would find objectionable very loud. Mm. I thought, what would what would he really dislike? And uh, found yodelling music. <laughs> but the trouble is there's too much collateral damage in terms of the other neighbours in this yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it'd, it'd have the cut through. Birdsong certainly wouldn't have the cut through, would it?
1: But she could play it into her own this ears. Is, this is yeah. what I'm suggesting. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I've got an app on my phone. Um, I'm trying to find it now. It might be an RSPB app. Um I'm not going to get too distracted. But, oh, what's that one? No, that's National Trust. Anyway, the point bit. Be- oh, here we go. Here we go. What do we got here? There's an app called Warbler. What's that one? Oh, that's like Shazam, but for birdsong. Uh, there's one called Birds of Britain. Hmm, that just appears to be a picture of a robin and nothing else.
1: It's so sad, though, that she had to do this in our own garden. Oh, here
2: we go. RSPB, Birdsong Radio.
1: Okay, maybe that.
2: So get some nice headphones, mm. noise-cancelling ones, mm. and you sit in your garden listening to birdsong radio.
1: Is there any way in the world she could go back round there again? No. And say, look. No,
2: told you, a I think a it's mess.
1: crept up a bit again. Could no. We what come you to could,
2: some? no, your only hope is uh, uniting the other neighbours against, against them. Well,
1: that's worth a try. Awesome. Oh, I can hear it. Oh that's actually really nice.
2: if there used to be a channel on the radio which was just yeah, birdsong. Yeah.
1: I think noise cancelling headphones and that is not a terrible idea. It's not it's not perfect, but it's better than having to go back there. Mm. But try maybe getting the other neighbours together and uh, getting a campaign. Join one of
2: those insane groups next door or a Facebook group. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see if you can really <laughs> people against them in that way. Okay. Oh, it's so hard.
2: And, pre- play, you know, uh, uh, play ignorant as well. So you can say, hey, can anybody else hear loud uh, club classics music? Shaggy and Nelly and Kelly. Blaring out all day. Does anybody know where that's coming from? And then that'll instigate some kind of pylon.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. Okay.
2: Or birdsong radio and yep. a nice pair of headphones. our podcast thank you for listening thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music Carla Gowlett took our photos Kim Rainey designed our artwork do send us your story please it's hello at adriftpodcast.com and go and see Sarah's show Hard Feelings at the Pleasance at the Edinburgh Fringe she needs to sell tickets so that I can retire I mean I'm kind of retired <laughs> I mean retire with some degree of financial solvency <laughs> Podication time, this comes from Emma. Emma Maurice. Is that how you would say Maurice?
1: How how's it spelled?
2: Um M A U R I C E.
1: I'd probably say Maurice.
2: <laughs> well, so what there was a there was a guy um like one of my uh, uncle's friends when I was a kid, and we always called him Morris. But then you know that record, The Joker by the Steve Miller, Miller mm. Band, doesn't he say, Some people call me Maurice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. made me doubt myself.
1: Maybe that's the difference between the M O R R I S. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's maybe, Maurice. Yeah, anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Please could I request a podication near to the 2nd of August as this will make the perfect 40th birthday surprise for my husband, John who, in true drifter fashion, can't bear any kind of fuss. Mm. John and I went to the same primary school, or middle school, as it was back then, so we've known each other for more than 30 years. I was a geeky bookworm, and he was a quiet, cricket-loving boy in the same class. I moved away for the start of secondary school, and we lost contact, until a number of years later, by the power of Friends Reunited. So that's nice French oh, united. No, that's nice and retro, isn't it? And I just think of all those people who aren't connecting with each other now because it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Um, a mutual school friend asked John whether he knew that I was studying at the same university as him. John found me via the university intranet. That's one thing I mess about not working in a in an office, a shed work. An an intranet.
1: I've not even heard that word for five years. <laughs> I've forgotten that word existed. Yeah.
2: Uh, we met, maybe you and I should get our own now. <laughs> yeah. We met up at one of Exeter University's bars and it didn't take me long to realise that beyond our shared memories, we had so much else to talk about and that this kind, gentle and big-hearted person was someone truly special. We've been married for 13 years this well, year. Congratulations. Lovely. John no longer plays much cricket and I rarely get a moment to read. Work and life are always pretty busy. Plus, four years ago, we adopted our fantastic... Now, 10-year-old daughter, sorry, I've gone. Oh.
1: Um, (laughs) oh.
2: There's no no guarantee in what we'll get. I mean, Mm -hmm. generally, if it can get me, it will get me. Mm -hmm. Um, In doing so, we fulfilled a very long hoped for dream, whilst also, also embarking on a journey that is wilder and more turbulent than we could have ever imagined. Through it all, John has, as always, shown a quiet strength Resilience. Fortitude. I've put that word in myself. <laughs> Had a conversation yesterday about how we're thinking about resilience all wrong. Okay. Anyway, th- th- um, okay. it's for another time. But okay. I was—I became convinced that fortitude was perhaps a better word. Mm. Uh, a good sense of humour, seeing us through the highs and the lows of this adventure. Our daughter says that he's always making or fixing something, usually to make things better for us. He stayed up until two a.m. fixing her beloved Barbie dream house with now redundant cricket bat tape, no mm-hmm. less. And spent hours making me a garden seat so I can read for a few minutes whilst watching our girl. He makes countless sacrifices every day to provide the stability needed in a, an adoptive family like ours. Yeah, every birthday, probably ever since we were at school together, all he ever asked for is a packet of his favourite sweets. What
1: are they though? Mm, I know, I'm intrigued.
2: How do, What do you? What do you? Cough see? candy. Cough candy. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. they're my
1: favourite sweets. <laughs> I couldn't think beyond myself. Sorry about that.
2: Like wine gums. Oh, I love a wine gum In a too. tin. Oh no, she'd say tin, wouldn't she? Hmm. The Bassett's ones, the Bassett sweets. Not Bertie Bassett, licorice all sorts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, maybe he just likes revels. What do you call those sweets? No, no, they're chocolate chocolates. Yeah. Um, chocolate limes. Maybe he likes bonbons. Sherbert oh, lemons. chocolate limes. I think he's a chocolate lime mm, guy. Mm. Uh, yeah, to everybody. Um, it would make my day, and hopefully his, to hear him acknowledged on a podcast we both enjoy. Happy birthday to the brilliant John! You always make things better. Many thanks, indeed, Emma. Love that.
1: That's really nice, isn't it? It is.
2: Yes. I just loved hearing about your family, and mm. um, you know, between the lines, it, it was uh, you know, it's, it's not it's not the easiest path to take, but you got there with it, and I'm really pleased for you. Sorry, I, I get things set me off i also a bit overtired so I think I'm just a bit more susceptible than usual and I'm usually highly susceptible <laughs> yeah, so. to weeping mm. um, but I'm I'm really pleased the three of you found each other it's a wonderful thing so there we go happy birthday to John do let us know what your favourite sweets are
1: yeah I'm weirdly intrigued yeah, I don't know too, why <laughs> uh,
2: from Emma and if you would like a podication email us hello at adriftpodcast.com